welcome to Going Off Track. Well, that was divine. Hello. Thank you. Hello, and, and salutations. Yes. yes. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> uh, this is Brad. Hi. This is Steven. Hello. He's gesturing to us. <laughs> My name is Jonah. <gasps> and today on the podcast, we have our close friend, Jim Carroll, who you may know from Hope Conspiracy, Pure Love, Clouds. Um, he has played with Piebald. He has played with uh, oh, Suicide File. Jim has been in so many bands. My band, United Nations. More bands than I can even count. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch. And when you meet him, you, he has luscious, luscious hair. Yes, they call him Handsome Jim Carroll for a reason. Amazing locks. Someone posted a photo of Pure Love, the Pure Love Show at Vitus, and uh, I hashtagged as Conditioner Core. Nice. His hair was just so shiny and just... Uh, it's got a lot of bounce to it. Yeah. He takes good care of it. Yeah, he does not, like me, use the conditioner-shampoo combo. I bet you he conditions separately. You know, that stuff will eat away at your scalp after a while. But don't you think that like they should have figured that out by now? Like, really? I got to rinse again? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Rinse and repeat. That's just, that's just sneaky when it's like shampoo and conditioner together. No, no, those are two separate things. Yeah, you know. I'm a sucker for two things. Like I, I buy like I used to buy like the peanut butter jelly swirl in the jar because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, it's, e- it's just easier. And then I'm like, wait, it's twice as expensive, and it's just like sugar. <laughs> so I don't know. So like my roommate in college, he would shop for groceries based on the packaging, and I was like, what? That's like four dollars more. And he's like, yeah, but there's a car on Dude, the box. I-, I had a moment last night where I was like. On the way home from Vitus, I saw my friend Jay Rattlesnake play, who was awesome. Jim Carroll was there. And uh, <laughs> I was going to buy ramen at, like, 1 in the morning, just because I was. And I went, and they only had, like, the kind of fancier Japanese ramen that was $1.50 instead of $0.50. Cents. And literally, my thought was, I'm going to splurge and treat myself tonight. <laughs> I'm going to spend that extra dollar and eat ramen alone and watch the Nicolas Cage movie Stolen. And uh, here's my summary of that movie. Uh... I eat the ramen and then they're robbing a bank and then I wake up like four hours later and like I'm on the couch and like there's like stuff stuck in my beard like I drooled into it so it's like hard and crusty and I'm just like yep I guess I'm gonna just go to bed now and like forget this ever happened. For Brad and I and the rest of you out there who are married do you miss that? Yes, there's, See, no, there's no, part of you that does. There's part of you that does, sure. but there's part of you that maybe idealizes what that would have been like, and I'm like the reality check that's like, it's not that great. No, but see, then you have kids, and they wake up with drool and food on their face. and you know. Yeah, it's just, it's the same thing. yeah. Well, I guess the moral of this story is it's a good thing I don't have kids, because <laughs> I apparently act like one of yours. Oh, please, please. Uh, I had never met Jim Carroll to this podcast, and he couldn't have been cooler. Yeah, Jim's great. Um, he's my yoga buddy and, uh, I met, met him like five years ago on tour Thursday and yeah, he's an awesome guitar player and, um, yeah, I know that like we talk about Pure Love is working on some more stuff. Um, so I'm sure this is not the last you will hear from Mr. Jim Carroll. Shut up and eat the octopus that has perished in front of you. Stop crying. <laughs> you stop crying, Dad. You stop crying first. So today I'm going off track. <laughs> oh, there's a guest here. There's a guest here. Today I'm going off track. Our guest is Jim Carroll. Hello. Who you may know from Pure Love, Hope Conspiracy, yeah. Clouds, uh, played in UN for a while. Yeah. What former, o- former bandmates. Former bandmates. What, what other bands? Probably way more. I don't know. Their, the list can go on and on. Yeah, do it. Let's hear some more. This is my uh, favorite is this, thing is that Jonah super- does where he hurls out a band <laughs> that even the person we're talking to goes, oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, I had a, a run in Piebald for a little while. Oh, that's right. Uh, my first band, The A-Team. Uh, Suicide File. I don't, did you say that? No. Um, yeah, I don't know. Every Boston hardcore band and like, <laughs> Two two thousand to two thousand three. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, a little bit, but uh, yeah, I think that covers it. Um, and <laughs> me and have... Jim are yoga buddies mm-hmm. with, and we were taught by former Going Off Track guest Ralph Craig. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All goes back to yeah. bendy things. Yeah, Jonah didn't show up this morning. I didn't show up this morning. I uh, <laughs> I haven't really been partying very much, and last night 
I don't know what happened, but something happened. When he doesn't show up, does Ralph go, Jonah, wuss? <laughs> Probably. He did reference you. Warrior man. one, everybody. <laughs> he did uh, make a mention of you today. Oh, yeah? Someone was, I think, defeating themselves in a, in a pose, and they were like, don't be like Jonah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> so you can bring that up to him tomorrow. Yeah, I will. I will. And now you have a career of doing audiobooks because you have, like... Super mellifluous voice, man. Yeah, it's very right. soothing. It's very hey. soothing. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, sound, you sound like a, you sound like a nighttime DJ. Hey, that I'm I'm, I'm up for that. Welcome, uh... to, welcome to Mid Nitro with Jim Carroll. <laughs> We're taking callers. So what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your inspiration for the Basketball Diaries? Uh, you know, just heroin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and Jim were on tour. Tell them about that. I don't want to tell the story. You're the guest, but when we were with Thursday and. The, when Jim Carroll died, it was it. I think it was right before it was, okay. we went. Out. It was like I had just moved to New York, and uh, my roommate at the time, Lucas, who you, I think you guys just had mm-hmm. on, yes, um, he was like this girl that we were mutual friends with. Uh, she was, you know, who I I don't talk to like very often. She was like calling my phone. And I was like, I don't want to answer this, so. You know, just kind of put it to the side. And then she just started texting Lucas, like, multiple times. And he, like, he didn't look at it right away. But when he finally picked up his phone, he just, like, his jaw dropped. And I was like, what? And he showed me his phone. She was just like, I heard that Jim died. Can can you call me? Like, I'm, I don't know. I, and she was, like, freaking out. She saw it on she, CNN, right? No, I think she saw it on Twitter. Like, oh, Jim okay. Carroll rip. And she didn't bother to, like, look into it at all. And she was just, like, immediately jumped to that. We're like, oh, you're dead. So she, we just, like... Oh, the internet. Yeah. (laughs) So we let it go on for, like, I don't know, an hour. And then finally, like, I think she called him. And he was like, no, it's cool. He's sitting right next to me. It's all right. But she was, like, in tears. Like, she left a voicemail on his phone. She was like, I heard that Jim died. Can you call me back? And we were like, oh, God. And that's how long has that been your outgoing message? Uh, <laughs> it was on his phone. So he, maybe maybe he still has it. Knowing Lucas, know. he still has it. Yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> and let's talk about your band. You're okay. in a band called Pure Love. Sure. Frank from Gallows. Yes. And formerly. Formerly of Gallows, excuse me. <laughs> And what is the status of the band now? Uh, functional. <laughs> uh, somewhat. Um, we're... At the moment, we are trying... We're about to start the process of recording our next record, which our first record just came out in February, and we our, our label ceased to exist a month later because of major label mergers. And so we didn't have a label a month after our record came out so it kind of you know we kind of just gave up on it and realized the best thing to do is to just like go into the process of writing a new record right away so that's supposed to be what we're doing right now but uh it just kind of at the moment it's a little bit of a uninspiring time so it's been like pulling teeth trying to write songs well it's frustrating when you were building up to something and you got lost in the shuffle to it was not your fault yeah exactly you know, it was i mean it's not like it was unexpected it just like stuff like that happened which level was it it was vertigo okay so it was like and they were under under mercury universal okay that so i i don't even know if mercury exists anymore but yeah i don't know just every all like the any of like the lower level bands just gone so i again and i haven't said this in a long time i want a new story yeah like i want to hear a new story from yeah, a band and be like all the time what man. happened to your band oh it was amazing we went to our a and r guy and we each shat in his mouth yeah and then they dropped us and like oh well that that's a great i mean that's horrible but <laughs> okay that's how you get out of your deal no what happened no we got lost in the fucking shuffle again yeah and well, it's yeah ugh. i mean the it was it was like an ongoing thing because we we got signed about a year before that, and w- just as we were finishing recording our the record, uh, the guys that signed us got fired. So that was like the beginning of the issues. So 
I've unfortunately been that through that in television many, many times. Yeah. It's the same shit everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. No, I remember when Pure Love was, because it was, it was, um, I don't want to say scandalous, but it was just like all of a sudden Frank's leaving, new band forming, and yeah. Gals is going to go on. So were you, like, how did you know Frank from the inception? Did he form the band? Did you guys do something together? Or? We, uh, initially we had met like 2006, like my old band, The Suicide File, we did uh, like a European tour, like a reunion tour. And uh, we played with Gallows and we like met briefly, like, you know, you play with a lot of like shitty bands when you go to the UK and Europe. So they were like, you know, they were, they stood out as like a be- the, one of the better bands that we played with. So we met briefly then and then uh, we we're both, you know, we both moved here to New York around the same time. And he actually got in touch with Lucas about starting a band that sounded like the Hope Conspiracy. So Lucas was like, oh, do you want to be in the band since you're in the Hope Conspiracy? <laughs> Where'd you and, move here from? Uh, from Boston. Okay. Yeah. Um, Born and raised there? Uh, from Worcester, originally. Mm. Woohoo! Worcester. Mm. I grew up in Central Mass. I know all about Worcester. Yeah. Where are you from? Worcester, Springfield. Yeah. Uh, I went to high school in Sturbridge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you guys going to fight? Is... No. I have, fam- uh, I have family that lives in I mean, it's like Sturbridge. Worcester and Central Mass are like, they might as well be two different states. Really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where I would go, like, you know, to go to the movies and later. To when you weren't hanging out at shit. Old Sturbridge Village. Yeah. I almost went to that, <laughs> that college, Clark. Is oh, yeah. That up there? Yeah, that's where And I remember I was going to go visit it and someone was like, Dude, gang members kill a college student every semester as their initiation. And being like 17 or whatever, I believed it. And I was like, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to get killed. I'm not going to this college. Well, that was what I based my decision on. Yeah. I mean, it, it is in like, it's downtown Worcester, like not the best part, but it's kind of its own little community. Like, I don't think anyone really leaves the campus. Or else they get killed by gang members. <laughs> you better not cross the street. Mm, going to class. <laughs> there is, there's like a pond across the street, and they, I know that some people referred to it as Dead Hooker Pond because they said that they used to dump dead hookers in the pond. I'm pretty sure you can call any pond Dead Hooker Pond. Yeah. Can we please call this podcast Dead Hooker Pond? Yeah. <laughs> Crap, we might have to. Mm-hmm. I think we have to. <laughs> Unless that's going to be another band you're doing, because you have a lot of band names, it seems. Yeah, yeah, too many. What, what was your um, reason for moving to New York? Just a change of pace? Or? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd i wanted to, to move down here for a long time, and I kind of like, I lived in Boston for almost nine years, and it was just time, you know, you can only live in that city for so long, because it's such a, such a college town, and... Once you reach like 25, you start to feel like an old man because it's like the same recycled like age group over and over again. And they all they do is like get drunk and like yell at you on the street. So it gets a little tiring. And so I was just it got to a point where it was like the band I was in there was just kind of I I didn't feel like it was going to do much more. So I was like, all right, I got to it's time to take the, the leap, which it was good. It was an easy transition and a good time to to make the move. And Hopecon is still sort of an active band? Yeah. I mean, technically. Like, everyone lives spread out. Like, everyone, you know, few people in California, both north and south, and then people on the east coast. And, yeah, we haven't done anything since 2009, I think. We did a world tour. We'd, in like two weeks we we played with you guys was that 2009 uh yeah because wow, it was, that was that long ago was yeah the cake shop or something yeah yeah because it was i think that was like the first winter that i was here okay um yeah but that was like the the midpoint of the tour yeah so, when when did you get drafted into the un which i'm expecting by the way it was <laughs> it was right like around around that time i think uh that the Thursday Christmas show that happened uh, that year was like the first show that I played. And then I only, I think I only played like four or five shows. There's only, I think, been like 15 shows over yeah. the last five years. <laughs> so you've played probably like 30% of them. Yeah. But it was fun. 
Yeah, that was fun. It was a good time. Um, yeah, that was a scary show because me and Jim were like basically on top of each other, and there was like a lot of hair and headstocks flying around, yeah. and I was I was like, oh man. Yeah. Whenever I played Cake Shop, I get they have those string lights that are on the ceiling, mm-hmm. and like being kind of a tall guy, like with long hair, it just kind of if I whip my hair forward, it just get it was getting stuck in the. <laughs> In the lights, I actually, I think at that show, I actually shorted out some of the lights because my hair was just like, <laughs> but that's, that's hilarious scary. and frightening. Yeah, to be I like, could... oh, I bet that hurt. Oh, I was on fire. <laughs> was that intentional? No, crap. Yeah, it would Damn. be a good, uh, you know, make up some, some uh, pyrotechnics at a small show. Yeah, why not? Like a what? Like a what was that band? Great White. White. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Oh. This is like the most offensive podcast I think we've done. Like totally not on purpose. Killing octopuses, dead hooker pond, and Rhode Island. Yeah, it's 16 minutes in time for a great white joke. Rhode Island club fire. Comedy is tragedy plus time. And that will never. Yeah, God. I don't know. I heard it was a really well done show. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know if this horse Jonas. is dead yet. Jonas got some competition in the room. I know, yeah. man. I know. Well, step true. it up, dude. I, I guess really the, I guess that's part of up. the initiation process of United Nations. Like, okay, so you can play. Can you pun? <laughs> I, Was that the podcast with Lucas? Just all puns? There are a lot of puns. Well, you know what's funny is the dudes from Pianos we're playing with now weren't really pun masters such as ourselves. And just mm-hmm. from being around us so much... I posted some photo on Twitter and Chad from the band posted a pun and I was like, yes. Like it made me so happy. I was like, I've converted more people into like using 20% of their brain thinking of what rhymes with this word instead of like paying attention to what the other person's saying to you. You guys, <laughs> cool. United Nations put the UN in pun. <laughs> it's yeah. always good to have a conversation with someone and like while you can, while you're talking to them, you can just see their brain trying to think of puns. Like, Dude. Just I, like. Not really paying attention. You described every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I have to consciously be like, stop doing this. Because it's like my default mode. <laughs> but when it comes out it. timely, it is glorious. Yeah, it glorious. is. Glorious. <laughs> so the, with Pure Love, so the, that record, uh, that's such a drag. But when, when everything happened with Frank leaving Gallows, did you feel like there was, I don't know, backlash or uh, did, you, did you feel swept up in it or was it just... Not really. It was civil? like... Yeah, it was pretty... I mean, we had, we had like been doing, working on the band for like a year before that. So he was like still doing tours and he told them, I think like it was just something that they both saw coming. Like, Mm. you know, he just wanted to do something new and, uh, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, I think it was pretty civil, like for as much, as much as that can be. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean it was it wasn't too bad for us like i think people were just excited to see what he was going to do next and mm-hmm. we kind of like kept it mysterious for a while and yeah it we never really had to there there was the occasional like oh this band is no gallows but it's mm-hmm. like yeah I, exactly it's, it's not the a point. hardcore band <laughs> <laughs> um so who's in the live band it's with jared from paint of black yeah he he's been playing uh playing drums for us uh which has been great he's an amazing drummer and then uh we've had a few a few different people uh a couple different people play bass this guy joel that was uh from new zealand who was living here he was playing bass for a while and then he moved back to new zealand so now we have a guy named james leach playing uh playing with us who's from from the uk and then uh mitch michner playing keys and guitar so and we've Pretty much, we've only played in the in UK and Europe, so it's. It seems like you've played there a lot, though. Yeah, <laughs> too it's much. so fun. Like every week, like I'd be at Yoga, run to gym at yoga. I'd be like, do you want to hang out? And he'd be like, I'm going to the UK for two days for some <laughs> awards ceremony or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like every week, I felt like. Yeah, it's been. We've been going there a lot, and like we we both live here, so it's like. It's kind of frustrating to. So the record came out okay in, in Europe. Yeah, it came out over there, uh, and they like put it out digitally everywhere. Like they kind of just like half-ass like threw it up, you know, everywhere. Like oh, it's on available on iTunes, and and you know, and then a month later we didn't have a label. So, um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's out. It just I, if you don't live in the UK or Europe, you don't really know anything about it. So, so we'll see it. We're supposed to. We're fingers crossed. We're playing our first show here at the end of July. So you know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But yeah. Should be interesting. Who produced the record? Uh, Gil Norton. Oh, right on. That's yeah. what I thought. What was he? So he did what? The Pixies. Pixies. And- Foo Fighters. Uh, he did Echo. Foo Fighters because they liked the Pixies record so Yeah, much. exactly. He's Sir Rosa, right? Come on, Pilgrim. He did the first two? Uh, he did... I know he did that one. No, he's pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, he did Sir Rosa. Yeah. He didn't do Doolittle. No. Or, yeah. Doolittle was Albini, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he did, he's done a lot of good classic records, so... What was that like? It was, it was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. we were... I, he actually was... When we went to go sign uh, to our label, he just kind of happened to be there. He was, like, in a meeting about something else. So he was there <laughs> when we, like, actually signed our contract. And, like, he, like, already our because our manager was friends with him, so, or is friends with him. And he had, he already had, like, notes of the demo, for the demos that he had heard. And uh, we ended up, like, going out to dinner that night, and, like, he was, you know, I, you know, ended up having like a few celebratory drinks and I was like, Hey man, I love the Pixies records. <laughs> He's never heard that from yeah. a drunken musician. Yeah, ever. Exactly. <laughs> you were the first well played. <laughs> but he, I mean, he was the sweetest guy, like easiest to work with. Like we were, we had heard that he was like a total ball buster, like, yeah. you know, as far as, especially like rhythm sections mm-hmm. go and how we recorded the record. Like we, we had just been like working on the demos, me and Frank, like that was it. And so we went into pre-production Two like two of the musicians that were playing with us. I like, I hadn't even met. And then I knew Jared from the Hope Conspiracy. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, we didn't know how it was going to, we were just in a studio in England. We didn't know how it was going to play out, but it ended up being really good. And, uh, surprised he was like, you know, he definitely made us work, but it wasn't like, I, I pictured it being a lot worse, but he was great to work with. He was like, like he knew exactly what we wanted to do. He was like, he, he had a good idea of like what record we wanted to make. So he just kind of helped us with that a whole lot. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was a really good experience. That's cool. But then, cause I'm a half empty kind of guy. Yeah. The first thought is, <laughs> So you're on a label, you get fucking Gil Norton to produce it, oh, and then the label goes under and nobody yeah. hears it. Like, yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not... we We've definitely come out better than a lot of bands. Like, the label put a bunch of money into it. We didn't have to pay it back. They, like, helped us make... You know, they gave us enough money to make four videos. They established us as a band. Like, we have a solid, a really good following in the uk so that's like you know they got us to a point where we weren't at a year ago so you have to kind of do you get to keep your masters when it went under no (sighs) so there was yeah i mean there was talk of like trying to buy it back but we really don't have any money at the moment so do you still still have those guns from the video no but Uh, well because you could storm that they have this video uh (laughs) What's what's it? What song is it for? Beach of Diamonds. Beach of Diamonds, and it's so crazy, and it's him and Frank just running around like with machine guns, like shooting stuff, and then they k- k- Frank kills Jim at the end, and then Frank explodes. That's yeah. rude. You know what you spoiler do? alert. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize this. If you send them a notice that you want the record release like in a certain territory, like Europe or something, yeah, and they don't do it within like whatever ninety days, or, yeah, then you can you ha- you can do it yourself. Well, they they technically that was in our contract that they were, you know, supposed to ha- we were supposed to have a worldwide re- release right. at a certain point, and they technically fulfilled that by like putting it on iTunes worldwide. Oh, I didn't so, think about that. Yeah, yeah sneaky fuckers. Mm. Yeah, we just uploaded it. Wait, what? We just uploaded. A lot it. of labels don't even do that. They'll <laughs> yeah. just like they'll slack and not even put it on iTunes. People yeah. don't realize like how expensive masters are. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, hopefully at a somewhere down the line we'll get it back why is that like it's not 
it's not metal tape that's really but the what the fuck why is master so expensive yeah. he looks at brad <laughs> you mean owning the master yeah because they just they don't they don't want to sell it they want to keep it in the off chance that the band's going to go do something and then they have back catalog that's worth something they'll sit on it and not even release it yeah you know, it's it's like, just it's like this tiny little itsy bitsy chance for them, like D- lottery. D- DC Comics, this is like the biggest dick move ever. So everybody knows The Watchmen, the comic mm-hmm. The Watchmen, made it into a very bad movie. But the comic, when it came out, was just a miniseries. Um, and it was just a year. And the characters they created, Alan Moore and um, uh, Dave Gibbons, who drew it, were going to get the rights back once they stopped once DC Comics and Warner Brothers stopped producing the the book, they made it into a graphic novel afterwards. I hate that term. It's a fucking comic book. <laughs> um, so they, you know, connected, uh, collected as a trade paperback, and it blew up even more as a cult favorite. It's like the comic that people give to people who don't read comics. Like, yeah. read this. The Watchmen's great. So they still do it, and they still generate revenue every year. So they've these guys have never gotten the rights that they were promised because it's still generating revenue wow. i didn't know that and yeah. alan moore didn't he didn't want to do the movie he didn't want so to do how anything did they do it if, without he no they st- he they still get a piece of they still get a little bit he said do whatever you want give all the money to dave the artist because he had his whole thing is i'll write a comic and then if you want to make it into a movie if i wanted to be a filmmaker i would have done that i do comics that's what i like so when you take it into a movie, you can pay me lots of money and then you can destroy it, which they often do. Yeah. You know, for yeah. his stuff. And he's like, and I'll just take the money and fuck off. But then he got so pissed at the um, Wachowski brothers, Wachowski brothers for V for Vendetta because they just wrote, oh, Alan approved our script. And he was like, fuck you and fuck Warner Brothers. And he left mm. the entire company. Oh, I wow. actually read that. I remember reading that. Yeah. that he, he approved it. It's like, I never said that shit. That's fuck funny. off. And and it's actually the movie's not bad and it's pretty specific to exactly what the comic is. So yeah. Like, yeah. But he's kind of a, a mushroom taking freak show who now just writes comic porn that's not even good. <laughs> I feel confident saying that because I've read everything he's ever fucking. So I'm like thinking about Natalie Portman now. I can't concentrate. <laughs> I yeah. thought all comic porn was good. It's weird though when you're like porn is fine and exploitive enough, but then you think comic porn like you drew that hair like you I, took time. I feel also people that are into that stuff. You're like, this seems like something psychologically weird might be happening. Oh yeah, like yeah. is that like what turns you on? Mm-hmm. Comic porn, like yeah, like cartoon, like naked cartoon characters. I don't yeah. know. That's like really. No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying for me. I'm saying go on. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. I wonder what, like, <laughs> I wonder how that happens. Like, you're watching cartoons as a kid, and you're like, "Oh man!" Like, <laughs> it's Wayne's World. Did you ever think Bugs Bunny in the dress was cute? That's it. That there it is. Boom. If you say yes, then there's your jam. <laughs> there and there's be. an entire room full of it. Upstairs <laughs> My five year old just asked me literally three days ago, "Why does Bugs Bunny always dress up in a dress?" <laughs> That's a good question. I said, "Cause it's fun sometimes to do things like that." Good answer. That's a good answer. I'm like, why does your little brother do it? <laughs> it's fun. Because no I make him. <laughs> I put it on him. There were definitely some... Uh, I used to work at a, uh, a store called New Ray Comics in Boston. And uh, there were we had like this like low low shelf of uh, manga. like Or, yeah, that's what it's called, manga. Like mm-hmm. the Japanese like comic porn. And... Uh, we would, we would always have to keep an eye on that section because you're referring to hen, you're referring to <laughs> hentai. hentai. That's that is what I'm I'm referring to. Oh god, that world. Yeah, but we uh yeah we had to keep a, a close. You eye know why on that, that exists, section. right? Yes, I actually got it explained to me by a, a former coworker, mm-hmm. and it was. Oh god, it's why so, does it fill everybody in, Jim. It's like it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it's like. There were so many regulations, like post-war, that mm. they were. There was just like, you know, Japanese like society was just like they had so many strict regulations that they, there was like all these things like they couldn't. There was like no pornography, mm-hmm. or so people started like drawing these comics, and since they couldn't draw actual, you know, dicks, dicks and whatnot, they would draw like snakes or. Or uh, octopus limbs mm-hmm. going back to octopus, octopi. That's right. So yeah, and I was I asked this, this kid I worked with. I was like, why 
why does this exist? And he like gave me this whole. He was so excited to tell you. Yeah, he was. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the it comes from just like make it though. Oh yeah, tentacle. It's called hentai, and it's tentacle porn. I have a hentai T-shirt. It's a it's a it's a like a it's a the restroom symbol of a woman, but she's holding hands with the restroom symbol of an octopus. I got you a weird comic book when I was in Tokyo. <laughs> That's it. You got me tentacle porn. Yeah. You bought hentai and even I, went, I remember going, there were so many of those stores and it was like seven escalators yeah. and all this weird stuff on the wall. And I was like, I want to find the most weird fucked up comic and get it for Steven. You succeeded. And the thing I got him, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's a tentacle porn. Yeah. There would be some, some weird people purchasing those comics isn't it funny how if <laughs> if you limit something or regulate it to a point there's a group of people of going oh we can work with that <laughs> yeah well what's interesting was like the so when i was in japan though like it was like kids it was like women it was like it was like being at the airport like yeah. it was the most normal people it's weird and then here it's such a fringe thing it's yeah. interesting and it's almost better that way it's <laughs> like it's like in japan you have this you know like weird traditional culture and then you have this fucked up tetsuo the iron man subculture but they're like they're like not interchangeable yeah or like like tonight i'm gonna leave work what are you gonna do i'm gonna go down to the rockabilly bar and punch a dude in the face with a rope all right well can we see tomorrow for breakfast (laughs) sure grandma like boom but it is it is interesting because yeah like you'll walk down the street and it'll be all like businessmen and then like one out of every 30 girls is dressed up like little bo peep (laughs) yeah it's then you're just like and no one gives it a second look like even in new york people would be like what like yeah it's i mean i i give the Japanese people credit they can pull off things that, yeah absolutely that most people can't the, the, the most disturbing thing I ever saw though was I'm not going to go into detail go on I'm, go into detail but it was a Do Japanese it. porn clip that was probably the most disgusting thing you could ever witness and like sort of it was a stunt it had to be done in a bathtub that's all uh, I'm going to say yeah but I know what you're talking they, about they 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 <laughs> They, Dude, this is very- but you know what they did? <laughs> this is what they did. They had to they had to blur out the the uh the crotch hair. Yeah. Girl. Dude, uh-huh. I can't even think about this. It's, it's so <laughs> <laughs> and that was it was the fact that they had to do that and that the act that was going on was so far beyond anything that you can imagine is I don't know, I weird and disturbing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I can imagine whole, many, many things, but I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> Like Jonah, think about it. Yeah, I hadn't in years till you brought it. Up. <laughs> uh, it's cool. All comes rushing back. It's all yeah. Just... I'm so thrilled that we're we're not going to mention it, and you know that there's listeners out there going, oh, dude, there's... people are googling. I'll tell you it right people are now. Googling it. Jim's so psyched. This is his it will not be up on our website. Yeah, Jim, I'm so sorry. No, no. This is Look great. at that. You we bring up just... tentacle porn and comics. He's like, just I worked in Newberry. All, all the bases. We're gonna have to put a warning sticker on this podcast. Um, let's talk about. I wanted to talk about some of our favorite terminologies. Okay. Uh, t- as someone who's been in a lot of bands, I've yeah. learned so many through you and Adam. Like, like the local band will be local O's. Local O's, yeah. Going out into the crowd will be like, oh, you're going out into gen pop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's a great way what of are saying some, it. What are some other ones that you, that you use? Oh, God, I don't know. There's, there's so many. It's kind of <laughs> tough to just pull one. Does Pure Love do that? Do you guys jump out in the crowd a lot? We or? do. Yeah. yeah. That's we, kind of is that like mostly Frank or would you were you No, we, you, yeah, we we're both out there. I think we spend more time in the crowd than we do on stage. I watched Gallows play a show one time. They were all except for the drummer in the pit. Yeah. We even we take it a step further. We we get the drummer into the crowd. Good for you. Yeah. I ba- I think that's great. Yeah. Is it's it, it's you know it's definitely fun. It adds like a little. You kind of like treat the the venue like a jungle gym. It's good. Is it hard with your guitar and like? Uh, do you go out there with your with your axe? I do. I do go out there with my axe. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd just be a guy standing there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have I have a wireless, and I just kind of so I have I have to run back on stage sometimes and hit some effects, but you know, right back out there. So it's good. It's luckily I've I've only. I haven't had any like severe casualties, but I've definitely like clipped a few people. Some girl's hair got caught in my headstock, and there was like a big after the show. There was just a big chunk. I had to like, she was like running around like no, 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 and I was like, you need to stand still. And I just went and 
separated oh, the two. You're like, trust me, I have long hair as well. <laughs> it's cool. Did you ever see happened. that footage of Matt Bellamy from Muse, like, splitting his lip with the headstock? No. It's on YouTube. <sighs> what foul I've, chord were you playing when yeah. that happened? <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Oh, man. It was too traumatic. Um, that's I've so interesting also, that you guys jump into the crowd. I really like that. It's. Do you think that's... It's like when, when, when punk, you know, everyone would jump on the stage... And then it became a thing to jump on the stage. Yeah. And now it's like, it seems you're kind of making your own way. No, no, we'll come to you. Yeah. I mean, I think just because like being, being a new band, like we kind of had to make people pay attention. Mm -hmm. And that seemed to be the easiest way to like win people over. And now it's just kind of like, I, I don't want it to, I wouldn't want it to be, become like a thing like that we have to do right. but it's just kind of like at this point it's still still fun to do so why not and where did you win the lottery and all the good fucking band names hope conspiracy <laughs> suicide file and pure love it's like damn yeah hey. have a good dartboard of verbs <laughs> and and handsome jim i mean what, yeah. what a great nickname yeah i have never <laughs> been close to having that nickname Han no one's been like handsome jonah oh, oh come on come on now <laughs> of course they have yeah um, every band hates it when the crowd gets on stage, right? Uh, I don't, I don't hate it. it. You just need to like, it's bad when people aren't aware of where they are. Like, they're just like, oh, <laughs> move this mic stand out of the way. You don't need that. <laughs> right, right. What's like, this pedal do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we were at, uh, we played at Gros Rock in Belgium like a couple months ago. And at the end, like everyone, everyone came up on stage and there was, a, I was just like struggling to like protect my, you know, my pedal board because that costs money and right. thing, something I don't have. And this kid just like went up, like he walked right towards me and like pushed me out of the way. And I just, gra I just grabbed him and I threw him back into the crowd. I was like, I'm, you know. You lamb got it so, him? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, is that a thing now? <laughs> I just made that a thing. So. That's good. <laughs> you lambed him? Yeah, luckily, I think, I'm pretty sure he survived. But, yeah, it's just like, it's crazy. I'm, you know, going to, like, growing up, going to hardcore shows, like, and stage diving, like, I never, I would never, like, just walk, a, like, across someone's pedal board or, like, just knock a mic stand out of the way <laughs> just so I could do a good stage dive. Like, right, right. You know, you'd you have to be aware of your surroundings but some it's people respect exactly well what's interesting about to like hardcore and growing up is we had steve brodsky on oh, okay and uh we, i was talking about you know i did a five-week thing at berkeley and went to a lot of shows at the middle east as like, did i yes i'm sure I, like i would go see like napalm death or in my eyes or like battery whoever and they to this day are the most violent shows i've ever been to yeah. like literally and i wasn't scared because when you're like 17 you're not scared of anything you're from cleveland yeah and because i'm from cleveland <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like every show, having to stop, didn't matter who was playing, stopping it like five times because just like full on fights. Yeah. What was that sort of, I mean, did you, was that scary kind of, or was it, because it, it feels like it kind of becomes normal. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there were, when you first start going, when I first started going to shows in Boston, like going to see a band like Blood for Blood, it was just like, it's, it's like going, they have, I think they have a t-shirt that says, I went to a fight and a Blood for Blood show. Yeah, they have a, my favorite Blood <laughs> and for that's what it was. Blood for Blood lyric is, I'll piss all over your hopes and dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, not, a ha you know, not a happy following to, for that band. They're big Tony Robbins fans, those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very positive. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love that band. I, yeah. I love that band. And like, they're a good band. They, uh, those shows, they were fun, but they were just like, like very violent. And, uh, yeah, it was, you, as long as you were aware of like what was going on, it was honestly the safest place to be was like in the middle of the mosh pit because mm -hmm. for some reason in Boston, like the, the, uh, people like to attack the crowd, like run back and forth, jump up, punch nondescriptly <laughs> at anyone, just kind of. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just have to be aware of your surroundings. And Fuck, I was in many shows survive. in D.C. where you stand in the middle and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not scratching my head. 
<laughs> just keeping my elbow up. Because that just, way no one's going to come near me. Yeah, just protecting myself. <laughs> Unless they go for a body shot, then I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, it kept you on your toes, which it's good. You can learn a lot from that. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is true. <laughs> and then is that tra- did that translate into how you acted in a band with seeing that? Uh, no, not, I mean, I I think like, you know, playing in hardcore bands and and punk bands, like you just kind of, you approach it in a way where it's like you you bring like a certain energy to to playing like you you know you can't just when i see bands and like they're just standing still and i i i can't really relate to it i just i don't really get it because that's just i mean it it was just a natural thing when i started playing in bands like oh i want to like move around and you know this is fun and exhilarating so Mm -hmm. you tend to move around but yeah i think like growing up and like seeing seeing those bands like it does not in the the violence way but in the energy way it definitely rubbed off on me and then you have to be able to play if you're gonna move around that much that's the hardest part yeah yeah i mean that that's secondary i guess (laughs) well you know what's interesting too is like you're like a mellow dude obviously but um hope conspiracy is also like blood for blood such an angry band (laughs) like the song like so many pigs, so few bullets. <laughs> like it. What's is that? Just it's for the farm industry, right? That's for yeah. the pork barrel product. <laughs> is a lot yeah. of that, Kevin, or is that is that like a cathartic thing for you too? I mean, what's what's that like? Because I feel like it's the same with me. Like when people will hear you on or something, they're like, "Really? <laughs> like, do you play like they think I'm in would be in some jam band or something?" I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> what would make them think that? Yeah. What? It, and what a bummer. What like a shitty misconception to have. No one's ever said that to me. I don't know why. I just like I'm feeling very self-deprecating today. Because uh, you didn't yeah, go to yoga. I know it really threw me off. I didn't go to yoga, and uh, that's a low blow. If someone says, "What are you in a jam band?" Like I would probably just it. I'd be it'd be done. Yeah, it is kind well, of yeah. Offensive. And the, the bummer is that I just said that to myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, that's how you think. Try to figure out where you're coming from. I'm like p- want to fight myself. You're having a crisis right now. Yeah, I am having a crisis right now. Uh, Jim, please say something. <laughs> this inner dialogue is, is it's killing. It's me. killing me. Um, I don't know what the question well, was. Well, <laughs> conspiracy. Where your lyrics come from? Oh, I mean, yeah. It's I mean, lyric lyrically, it's all it's all Kevin. Who's you know, you see him. He's a He's an intense dude, but he's like one of you know one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. But on stage, he's just like he's he's an angry. He looks like an angry gorilla lumberjack, and uh, but it's yeah, he's a nice dude. I think it it is definitely a cathartic thing. Like you know, the the world can be a, a shitty place, and sometimes you just need to exercise that in a in a positive way. Yes, yeah, so you should know that Kevin now plays in a band called All Pigs Must Die. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who, by also the way, a very happy band. Yeah, super happy. I listened to the new record last night. <laughs> oh, really? And it's awesome. It sounds Did, like integrity. Yeah, yeah. I, which I haven't heard it yet, but I'm sure it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> has Frank ever tattooed you? Uh yes, actually. He, I have a spider web on my shoulder that he did, and he's gonna him and he is he's married to a tattooer as well. So I'm, I need to get get something from both of them i want them to do something at the same time some sort of collaborative tattoo oh yeah and they're into the idea so that's awesome yeah. have you ever tattooed anyone or been interested in that uh i've i have uh done like little pen like pen ink uh needle tattoos like prison tattoos on my friend was it in prison no it okay. was it, it was at our house in boston we just decided that was a good idea one night. With yeah. like the India ink kind of thing, like the. It was just it, we just did pen ink. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's safe. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, we like had a lighter and we sterilized the. the sure, because that so. sterilizes the liquid that goes into your skin. <laughs> exactly. You're all scientists, yeah, right? It's fine. Well done. <laughs> I mean, this was you know uh, I think I was 20 when when that happened. Because so. you know, in hospitals, that's how they sterilize everything. Fire. <laughs> That's why there's yeah, no disease. You just see pens. people with like you see doctors like blow torches, just like burning. What are you scalpels. doing? Ingrown toenail. <laughs> I think this is clean. Uh, I don't know. It is it gl- is it glowing yet? Yeah, yeah. that'll be fine. Sterile. So fine. you guys tattooed each other? Or I I just, didn't get anything, you didn't get anything. But yeah, I 
I did a a few a few pokes of a of a tattoo. It was <laughs> it was good. It's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, there was alcohol involved. Yes, so yes, it was all right. Uh, so so hope conspiracy just nothing, but you're still together. Still together. Um, we've tried to do few things here and there. Like they've uh, the guys that live in California, they've gotten together and like done a little bit of writing and we want to do something but it just the time hasn't been right so we'll at some point we'll we'll play a show had you always lived far apart or was there a moment where you're all in the same zip code? Uh, everyone was was in boston at at one point um besides the the other guitarist uh naraj he was like back in he had moved back to chicago and yeah, I mean, it's gone through. Like, when I first joined the band, I was the only guitar player. Then Naraj came back and started playing in the band again. Uh, yeah, it's it's usually, there's, I don't, yeah, I don't think every, everyone, now that I think of it, I don't think everyone's lived in the same place all at one time. That's just like asking for issues. Yeah. So hey. when, you, when can you practice? Well, when does the train get in? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Jared, the drummer, he he was like living in Philly or Jersey, like pretty much that whole time when I started, when I started playing in the band. So he was like, he basically lived on our couch, like for whole summers. A drummer on a couch. That's weird. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. He seemed, that seems to be like his thing. He loves it though. He, I don't know how, I don't know how he, he's just always like floating around to, and trap. Like right now he's, he's on tour with Boy Sets Fire, like playing drums for them. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's just, you know, he's a good like fill in fill in member. <laughs> he's reliable. Some people that's like their whole career. Yeah. You know, there's, there's like, a lot of drummers like that. It seems like drummers more than others, but maybe because it's easier for a drummer to drummers are more desirable. Yeah. I mean you're I, what I've you're, done a few guys like that that are just they and they don't care who they play with either. That's the other thing. Yeah. They just want to be on the yeah. road. It yeah. seems like I don't I don't play drums, so I might be Talking that term, but it seems like drum parts are probably easier to figure out maybe than guitar parts because oh, yeah. of tunings and effect. Like drums, you're like, well, okay, if, they kick as a shitty this. drummer. I'll say yeah, because <laughs> even when I hear something that sounds crappy, I go, oh shit, that's really hard what he's doing. Um, given five or ten years, but if I hear guitar stuff, my head just goes to, <laughs> how do they know what key that is? What right. the tuning is? What pedal they use? Like, how do you like if you're going to join a band as a guitar player? I can't even imagine like okay, you need to make this sound like the other guy so whatever you do <laughs> tweak it to this <laughs> yeah. please yeah i i i it, it mystifies me yeah the, the thing you know what it is with drummers if you if a drummer listens it's it, it's amazing we when the first time we ever played in the goops with its drummer who was the ended up being our drummer we had one rehearsal and i realized like he was anticipating it's like it's no it was rock and roll it's like Okay, so sixteen bars have, or eight bars have gone by. There's probably going to be a change. I'll do a roll. It, first time he'd never even heard the songs, and sure enough, he was like anticipating going into choruses. Just like most drummers are fucking cavemen, and they don't fucking listen. So they yeah. actually they actually have to learn the song. Mm-hmm. But dude, arrangements are pretty much all the same. You know, it's like eight bars, sixteen bars. Something's going to happen. You know, like unless you're like a wacky artsy band. Yeah, I had a friend of mine who was in. We played in a band in high school. So listen, okay? Listen, drummers. <laughs> I'm trying to get, I'm trying to send this out there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> drummers, listen, and guitar players, don't play while you're talking to someone. Just, <laughs> just stop doing it. It benefits no one, no one in the room. Because last time I talked to a singer, they weren't just humming or singing while we were having conversation. Put the pick down yeah. and shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. I, you play guitar. I'm, Any fucking guitar yeah. player does it. It's Jim a, is Jim is playing guitar right now yeah. Yeah. it's super rude it's your nice way of saying i don't care what you're saying yeah i'm playing no, guitar I, which I is do cooler. i do care i it just i just gotta play this lick man yeah, multitask. <laughs> what was the story with that picture you posted recently of you playing with the guitar behind your head was yeah. that just an impromptu thing yeah i've never i've i don't think i can even lift my left spall over my head i don't it i've never done anything like that before and it just kind of like it just happened and I was like, "Oh, cool! I'm, I guess this is happening now." <laughs> and yeah, that was it. Nothing special. <laughs> it must be the yoga, man. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's helped out a little bit. Made me feel a little less uh, old. Has it helped with your bangovers? Yeah, I think like I think it just yeah, it's added like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It it's definitely helped me. Like I don't I don't feel the pain like I did I used to. Like I'd I feel like on tour I'd wake up every morning and just kind of like have a new a new injury and I think this is doing yoga has definitely helped that preventative measures so yeah trying to get Jonah to do a subsidiary podcast on our soon to be created going off track network called Joga <laughs> and it's yoga with Jonah I bet people to- listen it's like oh Jonah's talking about yoga again <laughs> who cares but I think like he ha- you have to counter our kid talk dude no yeah. that's true I, I that's back true. it yeah <laughs> Yeah, if we go off on... It's your only defense. (laughs) Oh, oh, what your kid did is so cute? Check out this pose. (laughs) Jonah's on his head again. I feel like that's that's another thing. Like some yogis just kind of, they tend to like do yoga while they're talking to you. They're like putting their leg up and like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, yeah, sure. Class is over. Yeah. Sit down. (laughs) Just relax for a minute. (laughs) So you're not going to eat and do yoga or eat and play guitar. Like, be a person. Sorry. <laughs> did, did, like, well, let's explore this. I mean, did something happen to you? Like, what? it seems like, this seems like a really... With yoga this, or the no. guitar thing? Was, were, you ta- were you trying to have a really important conversation with someone who's playing guitar? This seems like a, re- like a raw nerve for you. every ridiculous band I've ever been in, like, whenever you're talking to the guitar player, I'm like, just stop it. Put it down. Well, it's, you're talking about, I know when you're talking about, it's not like when you're over at somebody's house and they're like sitting on the couch. It's during rehearsal. Yeah. 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 And That's so I, I countered by as Everybody the drummer stops. doing it back. <laughs> so anyway, so I had this burrito. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't fucking hear me. Is this annoying? But it's like, stop it. I will say that like, you don't, you so rarely get to plug into an amp and play. Like once you have it there, it's so hard not to do it. What do you mean rarely? Don't you have an amp at home? No. Well, my amp is in Singapore right now, which is a long story. But if anyone in Singapore wants, still, still there. I'm trying. Oh it may be coming back. Can we talk about this at the first podcast did. we ever did? My amp accident. I, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but uh, it's a pretty good story. Uh, I had an orange two twelve combo in a road case that I got a super good deal on through a friend who had an endorsement. And because it was in Singapore. <laughs> no, it was in, this was in Cleveland. This was like seven years ago. So I moved here, and it was not loud enough to use with Ben because Ben plays so hard yeah. that crank to 10, 212 combo wouldn't work. So my old roommate has storage space. I put it in there. Oh, you used it for some... You played those solo shows with it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jim was like, oh, man, I'd love to buy this. I absolutely should have sold it to you. I was like, no, hold on to it. I'll need it at some point. Anyways, I go to this wedding. uh, My friend Dan, you know, Mm -hmm. congratulations, Dan. And uh, Dan's like, yeah, I got my stuff shipped out here. I'm so excited. I got it moved out of space. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah, uh, let me know. I'll just go pick up my amp. And he was like, what do you mean? And he was like, (laughs) I was like, my amp's in the space. He's like, I don't think so, man. I was like... I know. I'm sure it's there. And who moved it? And he's like, I just like our other friend like let these movers in and they just wheeled everything out. Oh. So then I got an email. It's like took like it was on a boat. It took like a month to get out there. And he was like, Yep, I got it. And then I talked to some friends who are guitar techs and they're like, Yeah, man, it's like different voltage there. Like so I'm trying to see if I can sell to a backline company or we have some friends who who are or roadies who their tours going through Singapore and might be able to get it shipped back eventually. But the amount of money it's cost to ship is how much the amp was. Probably. Yeah. yeah. I mean, luckily it was shipped with a bunch of stuff, but uh it's not like it someone just paid for that. But yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a bummer, but it's also a funny story. I'm sure it will work out. And I don't really I mean like I hadn't used it in years, so it's not like I missed My amps it. in Singapore. But it's pretty funny, like I do have an amp. It's in Asia. <laughs> and uh, At least you know it's safe. So then for yeah. you, it is a big deal to plug into an amp and play. Yes, so you can that talk is what I'm saying. play yeah. anytime you want. That's what I'm saying. Want. I have to go halfway around the world to plug into an amp. I don't have to. I mean, I... Can't you Skype? <laughs> <laughs> what if I started doing that? If I was like, Dan, can you put on my amp? I want to look at it. <laughs> that would be weird. That would be weird. That would be weirder no, than you know typical porn. Out there going, yeah, that makes sense. You want to see your gear, right? <laughs> you have tubes. Yeah, the tube's was, warm. I didn't think it was weird. They're warm tubes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, typical 
drummers always get shit on. So whenever I, the other thing that annoyed me is that if I was playing a gig, I would be set up, full kit, everything ready, and the guitar player would still be dicking around. I'm like, what? I, See, I feel like that's usually how you know drummers are usually the ones that are always just kind of because they can't like play whenever they want. Like right. they're always yeah, just that's like true. like drumming on. Yeah. So when they get behind, good their counter argument, kit, Jim. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I try. Mm-hmm. Well played. <laughs> Don't defend them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> drummers are scurvy. I established Mad years ago. Musicians abused by drummers. <laughs> and I'm still <laughs> an active member. <laughs> um, so, do you have any other musical projects going on? Or Pure Love is kind of your thing, right? Yeah, now? that's it. That's taking up all the. Uh, all the time I can possibly put into it, which is good. I've, I feel like I spent a few years where I was always kind of had multiple things going at once, and it's nice to just focus on one thing. Keeps it. And I've solid. interviewed I've interviewed Frank a couple of times. He seems just yeah. super cool. Yeah, he's awesome. He's just great. It's a it was it was a a good partnership to be had. We you know I think we uh we definitely complement each other well. So. Like my mellowness counteracts his like hyperactivity sometimes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a uh, it's good. He's what, a, a nice dude. What was it like for him to cut your throat in that <laughs> music video? It was uh, it I was actually a little nervous because it was he used a it was an actual straight razor. Okay, but it was uh, <laughs> it, it had a piece of like electrical tape on it, like silver electrical tape. So that was. That was that it was, wouldn't cut through. This is like your sterilization <laughs> thing. Like I have to yeah. put some electrical tape on this razor and then <laughs> pretend to cut my throat. Gee, why this label go under? I don't know. Just oversight in so many arenas. <laughs> Video produced by Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a little. Uh, you know, how it, much it, is the prop house razor? Oh, five grand. <laughs> what? Here's an here's an idea. Just go with me for a second. We're gonna take duct tape. We'll, we'll, okay, we'll buy five bucks. We'll get the silver duct tape from Home Depot. We'll put on a real razor. You cool with that? What? <laughs> How many takes was it? It was one because he had to push me into a pool right after. So right, and the blood had to. Well, I, no, the blood was added after, but I was gonna be soaking wet, so gotcha. I had to be dry when he cut my throat. Mm-hmm. I would imagine so. your hair takes a while to dry. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been the long-haired dude in the band? I haven't. Uh, I think I've had I've had long hair since like 2006, so you know, long enough. It's, yeah. I feel like few people can pull that off, and you definitely yes. can. It's yeah. impressive. Thank you, thank you. Especially in the quote unquote punk scene, yeah. you know, because you yeah. have actual long hair and not just a swoop to cover something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> blocking one eye. <laughs> Flipping. Can you please do that sometime? What, like this whole thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's up, guys? Comb, hey, comb all of your hair to one side. <laughs> I, I read something that, like, kids were developing, like, some sort of sight issue. Like that, like, emo look of, like, swooped hair. They were developing. Cause they one eye. Because they were, like, covering one eye all the time. So they were, like... Their like eyes were getting fucked up. Oh yeah, the muscles no wouldn't be way. worked out, dude. That would yeah, totally make like, sense. it's like it's like wearing an eye patch. Eye patch all yeah, the because time. people wear eye patches for physical reasons. To, yeah, to like either relax or to work the muscles. Yeah, so it would totally work in the eye like that. I was always whenever I would have my hair like even like that short, just covering the the forehead. I just always sweat so bad. Yeah, couldn't stand it. Yeah, I remember when I had like shorter, like shaggier hair. It was just like. If it would get near my eye, I'd be like flipping my hair all the time. It it, it definitely looked obnoxious. The, the but dreaded, it was like, it was the so dreaded long haired dude in between stage, where it's like I'm yeah. wearing a baseball hat again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like I was referring to it as like the uh, the Prince Valiant hair hair stage, where it like just looked kind of not quite long, not quite short, just awkward, awkward Prince hair. Yeah, dude, I had a, I went I had a dreadlock stage for no, you fucking year. did not. <laughs> I mean, not a photos dreadlock, immediately. Not a dreadlock. I mean, a fucking Is this like last, last a devil year? lock, devil lock stage. Oh, that's, like a rockabilly style devil lock. Oh, that's, 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 that's literally that's touched my chin. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> dreadlock. <laughs> dreadlock. Dreadlock. That, dreadlock. That, like that. Devil lock. <laughs> Dreadlocks, jam bands. What else this. is going on in here? <laughs> I what? got my haircut once, and the one was like, I hadn't got it cut in over a year. 
and it was huge. <laughs> and the woman was like, you have a dreadlock. Do you want me to take it out? It's not. But if you don't do something, it's like it was like starting to like stick together and stuff. And I was like, please take it out. And I believe there may be an animal inside of it. Oh, and what, what every hairdresser wants to hear, hey, I'm walking off the street. I've had a haircut in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and I have dreads I don't know about. Like, here's 20 bucks. <laughs> You've just fun? made my day. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get everything? We got tentacle porn. We got dead hookers and ponds. <laughs> Jim's hair. Jim's hair. Uh-huh. The um, band, Pure Love, whatever. They really like the, <laughs> should we talk about homophobia or anything just to get it out of the way? No. Yeah. Yeah. Sprinkle some racism in there. He mentioned yeah. Boston. <laughs> Boom! Oh, there goes the listenership there. Listener go. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that does cover those two things. <laughs> I'm sorry, Boston. I love you. Please don't no, hurt me. All right. No, they. I grew up in Western Mass. I don't love you. So <laughs> check out Pure Love. Um, hopefully in the United States. Yeah, Hope, July. Hope July. July twenty eighth. Uh, yeah, HopeCon. Check out all their records. All Jim's bands are great. So thank you. And all their names are good. Damn it. Yeah. All of you wondering why your band name is stupid is because Jim Carroll took it. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I believe that one just ended with lots of laughter. <laughs> yeah. Most of our podcasts, you know, there's just some giggling involved, but that just, such a smiley guy, it just erupted into joy even more so. Yeah, Jim, Jim has an infectious energy. I can see why Frank would want to be in a band with him, you know? Yeah, Jim's a good dude to be in a band with because he learns stuff really fast and he's really good. Although I will say, like we talked about, like being on a tiny stage with that dude with lots of hair and lots of guitar headstocks swinging around. <laughs> It can be sort of terrifying. <laughs> Have you ever been clocked? Uh, I honestly don't think I have. I don't think I have. Brad, you've been hit by headstock jumping around? Uh, yeah. either, either your own I've been or hit by a base else's. head. Headstock. By a base head, Jesus. You don't notice. You don't care. Dude, you know, when you're up there, adrenaline's high. Nothing matters. <laughs> it's true. I mean, there's, you don't feel those things. I played it lit once and tripped... And they had like a side door next to the stage that went outside or something. And I tripped and fell out the door. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like getting hit with a head stacked, except way more embarrassing and less cool sounding. Not as, not as embarrassing as the lights are down. This is House of Blues. <laughs> Johnny counts off the first song. One, two, three. Lights go up. I leap into the air with my classic fucking high-flying kick. And my cord is caught under the drum riser and just rips my entire fucking cord and guitar apart so that I come down and am playing nothing. So it's bass and drums. And then it took like five minutes to fix because the fucking guitar was broken, basically. I don't think I had a backup. Did it rip? I in must half? have had a backup, I guess. Did it rip in half? It like ripped the. I think it ripped the jack actually out of the guitar or something. It was more oh, than just the cable. See, the difference between that and being a drummer is that when you're a drummer, most of the injuries you do to yourself. Yeah. Because you're hitting yourself in the face, you're clipping your knuckles, or you're just cutting your forearms on cymbals. Yeah. So, so all of this is an example of stuff I'm sure Jim Carroll has never done. <laughs> Jim always looks cool. Like he posted a photo on Instagram of him playing guitar behind his head. It looked cool. Like I was like, dude, like I know I would end up like dropping it or like getting it stuck stuck around my neck and strangling myself. If you're like, playing it with your teeth, there's a sure sign that it would go in between your teeth. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Yeah, I would swallow a string or something. <laughs> you guys all clipped your with all this hair, you must have clipped your strings cuz I hate Loose strings, man. On a yeah. headstock. Yeah, loose strings. That, that yeah, kills I just cut them right away. I've got, I've definitely got my hair caught on stuff when we're playing, for sure. I remember being in band practice in high school, and I hit my uh, my front two teeth are veneers. They do not exist. <laughs> and I was going on this date with this chick who's going to be like my. She ended up being my senior girlfriend, and uh, it was our first date. And I just swung the stick up, hit the tooth so perfectly that it just shattered the veneer in half. Oh, yeah. And I didn't feel it because, you know, it's not real. But, like, I, now I had half a face. <laughs> and I just remember going, band practice is over. And just, like, <laughs> put the sticks down and ran out. You know, <laughs> <Not> stupid. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, oh, that woman. Wow, this is a really self-deprecating. 
We had it's, it wasn't self-deprecating enough to have handsome Jim Carroll here, but oh man, and his band Pure Love, Pure it's Love, good stuff. Check them out. Uh, yeah, check them out. Look for new music. Check out their music videos. They're awesome. And check us out on Facebook and GoingOffTrack.com on Twitter. Uh, if you are so inclined, you may donate to our cause, to our pod cause. If you like what you're hearing, if not, that's cool too. We do this anyway. We do it if we weren't recording. <laughs> no, we, we, we would. I don't yeah, think anyone else would. would come though. That's true. Yeah. What are you guys doing? We're just hanging out. Okay, I'll be there. You want to talk to? <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk to three idiots for an hour? <laughs> sure. Uh, that's the title of our podcast network: Three Idiots for an Hour. <laughs> Coming soon on the interwebs. All right. See you next week. Hey!